everyone, and welcome to the Secondary Heroes Podcast. This is our inaugural episode, episode one, and this is your host, Trevor, aka MacTDS, and joining me this week is... Hey guys, uh, this is Dan. Uh, some of you may know me as Prog. Um, how are you guys doing tonight? This is Josh. And this is Alex, uh, aka DeLorean Wolfgang. And so, this is our first episode. We want to give you a little introduction of what the Secondary Heroes are all about, and... We're four guys who got together playing a little Fortnite. We found ourselves okay, just good enough to finish second place all the time. And we then also found we had all these common connections of pop culture references and current events. And that's what we're going to be all about on our podcast. Yeah, I agree. We uh, we definitely were talking a lot about the uh, the Funko figures that we collect, the movies we watch, the TV shows we're up to date on, um, the comics we read. So, yeah, I think this is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be yep. good. Uh, I think the cool thing about it is we're, we're, we all have different opinions about things, but we all end up in the same spot with it all. Yes, that is for sure. Yeah, I think that's uh, the biggest thing is pop culture in general. Funko kind of brought us all together. Uh, Fortnite, just kind of all that uh, together has probably brought us together to kind of build up to this moment today. And so join us this week as we bring out our umbrellas to fend off falling bricks that are building towards Hollywood. Let's get going with our now playing section. And Lego Movie 2 came out, and hopefully you guys saw the first one because it's one of the best movies that came out probably in the past decade. And the second movie tries to recapture that. You know, the same voice cast is there, the same design, art team, directors, all that good stuff. And really the main idea is that everything ends really well in the first one. You know, we have the whole everything is awesome, great song, and all that good stuff, but we have to create a sequel... And to do that, we have to essentially establish a reason for everything not being awesome. Right. Brick by brick. Yep. We've got to rebuild that world again. And so the main idea of the first one is that the son and the dad have a disconnect about how to use Legos. You know, the dad's like super proper. He creates this by instructions idea. And then the son comes and kind of combines worlds together and smashes it all up. And so the sequel is the disconnect between the brother and the sister. Because the first movie leaves off with the sister kind of, you know, little sister messing things up. And so this is going to build on that over kind of multiple years. And we get to follow our usual characters to, like, Owen and Wildstyle and Batman as they face this new realm. Yeah, it was a different... It was a neat dynamic to see that, to, to bring that into the fold, especially with that big reveal at the end of the first movie. I thought that was really neat. And I'm glad they kind of went that way with this movie. And so we're... Yeah, I mean, yeah go ahead, Josh. Yeah, that's the thing is, you know, you, like you're mentioning, you see the relationship between a brother and sister. And for me, I think that's kind of relatable because as me, growing up with a little sister, you always had... Someone who's always missing up things. And you had that controlling dad in the first one that wanted everything perfect. So, uh... With with this new movie, you kind of get to see more of the family and how it's involved behind the backstory, behind not just the Legos themselves. And so nice. we're not trying to give away spoilers. You know, this is kind of just more of a cursory glance at kind of the subject matter, but more kind of our opinion overall of the film. And it's not going to be as good as the original. I've seen that on the Internet, like, oh, this isn't as good as the original. Well, that's a super high bar to jump. But how about taking Very this movie... So as itself is it an enjoyable film and i mean it's it's not as fun as the first but they nail all those fun parts just because the first movie you hadn't seen it before but now it's kind of building on those familiar tropes they had but they still really nail it so it's entertaining for those two hours of movie 
Well, here's the funny thing, too, is with the internet going completely bonkers about how bad it is in comparison to the first one, it's still getting an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes. And everybody gets it. That's where everybody gets their movie news, right? All their, uh, if you're going to see it or not. And I'm right. surprised that it's sitting at an 86, and yet there's still a lot of negativity towards this movie. Yeah, it's a lot of hype. I mean, especially, you know, how big the first one was, and I don't know if they were expecting it to be as big as it was, too. Um, and another contention that I think some people had was that, you know, uh, Lord and Miller wrote the script, but they didn't direct the movie, which maybe threw some people off. I don't know, but I thought it was a great script. And so, I mean, the main idea is you're sitting there, you haven't seen it yet. Should you see it? Absolutely. Right. If you've seen the oh, first sure. one, hopefully you've already seen it. If you haven't seen the first one, you know, get it on whatever streaming platform it's available on. Get into the ecosystem. And honestly, I think this could also be a standalone film because the first one, it wraps yeah. up its idea. And the second one kind of gives you enough backstory that you don't need to see the first one. And then it creates its own universe on itself. Right. No, no, that's true. I mean, they did a good good job of kind of bridging the gap between the first one and the second one, kind of giving you a little bit of backstory uh, throughout the movie and even in the beginning. Uh, it's just kind of uh, as you go through this movie, it's a whole new new world in a sense. Uh, for those that have seen it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. As the first one, you kind of get all this, what you imagine Legos to be, and the next one, you get this new uh, new world that the son himself has built him uh, over the years. Uh, since the first one had ended. And it also, it creates a whole family dynamic and problems with that family dynamic through Legos. You know, rather than having kid actors out there clashing with one another, you get to do it through these little yellow-faced figures. Of, and also it has the juxtaposition of Chris Pratt making fun of himself as being Owen, and then all the different characters that he plays, like Star-Lord yeah. and all of the good stuff. The uh, Raptor Trainer yeah. guy, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, Chris Pratt's great. No, I think I like that. You know, on his Instagram, he had posted, uh, I guess it was before the movie came out, he was posting uh, him doing voiceovers of himself as, uh, as Star-Lord, as Emmett, and as another character as well. And it's, it's funny to see how, as an actor like that, he's able to, to blend those multiple characters that he's had over the couple, past couple of years and kind of make it make a, make fun of himself pretty much well, and, and I, just kind of and I, I know that we're sitting here giving like Chris Pratt a bunch of uh, kudos which he obviously deserves but I mean this cast is insane there's Elizabeth Banks Will Arnett obviously is Batman, Batman but you've still got Jonah Hill Channing Tatum I mean, you've got some huge names in this movie, and Will Ferrell definitely coming back as being president of business and dad. But, I mean, it's it's just really cool to see all these awesome names in the movie world come together in this one silly little Lego movie. Right. And if you do go to the theaters to see this movie, keep in mind there's a big twist. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but it, it it didn't necessarily catch me off guard because they build up to it. But it's a really good yeah. twist in terms of sci-fi movies and being able to pull that off within the context of just little tiny Lego characters. Do, do you think that this film has rewatchability, though? Yeah. If you were to go back I into so. it? Okay. I, I, I think, think the main the idea is just because they don't take themselves so seriously. So, you know, a lot of movies, they'll have, like, 
they'll collapse under the weight of these little like uh, ex machinas to make the story go through and stuff. This movie kind of right, even right. makes fun of it. There's points in the thing where Owen essentially smacks through the ground, you know, and oh, look, it sa- saves the day. And I mean, just right. kind of that kind of idea to be able to establish and just break it through. I think that's what kind of gets it together. And then, of course, there's all the connections. The one connection that's missing, though, is that WB doesn't have a connection to Disney. So Star Wars, right. Marvel, and yeah. all that good stuff. Like, you know, there's all the DC yeah, guys and all that kind of them. fun stuff. But they do get to f- throw in that fun aside of Larry Poppins. Larry Poppins is one of my <laughs> best movie inclusions I've seen in a while. Yeah, it would be great if they brought those other properties in there, you know, kind of the way Who Framed Roger Rabbit did it back in the day. That was a monumental event to have WB and Disney together in one film. We probably will never see that again, but it'd be great to see that in the Lego universe. Oh, we definitely will never see that again. The way that Disney is, man, the, the, the only reason Disney uh, put Mickey Mouse in that whole uh, Roger Rabbit movie was because they were going through some big time financial hardships and... I mean, it was really cool, but yeah, that's something we will never see again. Yeah, but it would have been. It's fun to think, though. And then, but Disney can stand on itself, though. Like, we kind of get a glimpse of it in Wreck-It Ralph 2 of the potential Mm -hmm. to have the different princesses, and then you have stormtroopers, and then you have Iron Man flying around. It's just like a glimpse, but they could make a Lego movie of just all their Disney properties. I see that. Oh, easily, and we would all go watch that. Of course. Sure. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, I definitely recommend seeing this film. I don't, I don't know why people were dissing not so bad. It's fun. You know, bring your family. And then also, they had the challenge of creating a new song. I couldn't imagine how difficult in the writer room to make a new song to top or even compete with Everything is Awesome. So they came up with mm-hmm. a twist on it. It's Everything's Not Awesome, but actually the main song is this song's going to get stuck inside your head. And they just repeat it, like, on blast, (laughs) and they incorporate (laughs) it into every part. And it's not as good as Everything is Awesome, but it's a pretty hilarious song, just because it's, like, perfectly pop culture, just poppy songs and making fun of them. Yeah. And And the person behind that, too, is T-Pain, and you don't expect (laughs) T-Pain to get so involved with a kid's movie. So, to me, it's uh, it bridges a gap between young adults, kids, I mean... And adults as well, older adults, because, I mean, that that song is so catchy. I mean, I remember leaving the theater with that thing still in my head. I get on a Spotify, put it back on, you know, me and my nieces are listening to it. And, you know, it's just kind of that's how the weekend has been built all nice. based on that song. Nice. Yeah, it's the new Baby Shark. <laughs> oh, God, that song can disappear. <laughs> Sorry to do that to you guys. And so that's the Lego Movie 2. Again, if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor. I know... The theater is not the most convenient thing, but it's worth it. You know, there's some movies where you can, oh, I'll just wait till it's on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or streaming on iTunes or YouTube or whatever various version you use. But this is a movie I think is worth going to the theater for. Agreed. And that kind of connects our two sections together. So we were going to go into As Seen on TV, but before we get to that, there's kind of the idea of movie future of, you know, the kind of movies that are straight to Netflix, they launch on Netflix versus going to the theaters, and then Steven Spielberg puts himself right into the middle of it by saying that, that Oscar movies should have a four-week four theatrical run to even qualify. Right. And so that's kind of what we wanted to talk about. Yeah, it was very interesting to see him come back out and uh, say this again. He had mentioned it before. Um 
and to do it right around awards time when there is a lot it's a lot going on right now in, in the culture of film um, where there are a lot of minority voices that are not being heard uh, maybe not correctly or as well or as often in these big tentpole movies and Netflix and places like Amazon are allowing these voices to be heard. And I think they're the ones that are really, you know, kind of figuring out like, why is Spielberg trying to do this? Um, and I can see Spielberg's reasoning behind it um, to get the movie into theaters. Um, but to be honest, I mean, most of these people who are voting for the Oscars are watching them on a disc that they they were given, yeah. you know? Um, that doesn't mean now, are there's the quality there yet in, in Netflix and Amazon streaming services and Hulu? Maybe, maybe not. Um, uh, that doesn't mean they can't get there in my opinion. Um, as of right now, yeah, there, there probably are better films that, that are being put into theaters, but I think it's, I think it's unfair to not include them in the, in the run. Oh, I totally yeah. agree. Cause I mean, the, how I almost feel like there's so many Netflix movies where I'm like, Good Lord, this is so much better than any of the garbage that I've seen at a movie theater in a long time. I'd way rather just stay at home where I'm actually more comfortable, where Mm -hmm. I can bring in my own snacks and not get hassled for Mm -hmm. it. You know, it it's it going to the movies is almost kind of a it's kind of a pain at times anymore. But, you know, and then Netflix is cranking out some either awesome TV shows or awesome movies. Right. And I'm sticking around every time for them. Yeah. I agree with a uh, DeLorean. What he says there is because, you know, it's a chore now, or you got to take a lot of time out of your day to go to the movie theaters. Uh, Netflix has been so, how do you say, and even Hulu, it have been very convenient just to, you know, even if you're at work or somewhere else, you can just click on it, watch it there. But I think even too, I think uh, you look at Spotify, how they've changed the game too with, I guess hard copies of albums you so now artists have gone away from so much focusing on their main hard copy albums and pushing everything towards Spotify with their EPs and everything like that so I would see the same thing following that as uh, movies are going in that direction is you know hey why am I going to put so much time and effort to put it out in the theaters when I could just throw it straight onto Netflix and it's easier and I mean probably cost a little bit less I don't know the whole financial part of that, but right, I think that's a lot easier. I think that's part of the contention too. You know, what quality can you really get out of what they can afford through Netflix? Yeah, it's a whole kind of future thing. Like we know it's inevitable that movie theaters are going to go the way of all the other brick and mortar kind of ideas, but it's just a matter of how long it's going to take. Like how long are they going to keep that trail on the graph to be relevant? And that's kind of I understand Spielberg's perspective to kind of want to you know, keep that. But then on the flip side, it's the barrier to entry uh, twofold. First of all, like you guys were saying, there's no barrier to entry to watch a movie on Netflix on your couch at home. You pay, you know, $13 a month and you can watch whatever right. movie any day of the month, no matter how it fits into your schedule. And then the barrier to entry by creators of, you know, I don't have to work with Universal or Disney or Paramount to get my script finally a green light and then get it to the theaters. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. less barrier to entry for these creators. And that goes to Prague's point of just opening potential storytellers a different avenue to get these films released. Well, and yeah. I think audience wise, I mean, there's more people who are going to watch a Netflix movie before going out. You know, your your audience, if you're on Netflix, is going to be astronomical compared to going to a movie. Hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, more people, I feel like more people have Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff over, I mean, obviously there's AMC and there's movie pass and there's all that stuff, but I mean, are anybody really using those all that much? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the figures on that, but I mean, the box office numbers are actually still pretty good. Um, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's true. always tough know. with box office numbers. Like, you know, this movie made a hundred million, but ticket prices are $13 or if right. I live in yeah. certain states it's like $6 but if I live in like New York or Los Angeles it's $15 so that's also a whole different kind of bias that doesn't really help you analyze it at all true exactly true now it's going to be an interesting conversation for a while yeah and I mean Netflix does have that future trouble of Disney pulling all their properties like it's great that you can watch Rogue One or Solo or Black Panther or Infinity War right on Netflix. It's super convenient. They're hot new movies. But Disney's taking their football and they're going home, essentially, with their own service in 2020. Mm-hmm. And yep. That's true, man. We also kind of see that with just how long... Like, Netflix is making some great original content TV-wise, but movie-wise with, like, Bright and Bird Box and stuff like that, they don't... Those, all those Adam Sandler movies they've been pumping out, it kind of gives yeah. yourself a bad name. Like, I understand it gets people in, oh, look, we have this big name property. But also then people start watching them, they're like, oh, maybe it's going to be like Cloverfield Paradox. Maybe I don't want to watch it. And that's just bad to stick in people's heads. That too. That's true. That's a great point, yeah. Yeah, yeah they need to step up their game, though, then, if they want to really talk about being in the Oscar race in the future. And Oscar race is always a different race than the box office race. Like, I'm sure Black That's Panther's sure. not crying about not winning Best Picture when no. it's making, like, a billion dollars exactly. or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so that kind of really does tie into our TV section. And as seen on TV, we got Umbrella Academy, which is on Netflix. And, I mean, I'll let Prague introduce this one since he's watched the whole thing. I think everyone else is just sure. a few episodes in. Yeah. So, uh, The Umbrella Academy is uh, based on a graphic novel series um, from Dark Horse Comics, and uh, it's one that I've had my eye on over the years, and I've never got a chance to actually read it, and I've always wanted to, so it's kind of a nice that I got a chance to be introduced to it this way. Um, basically, it's kind of a riff on the X-Men, in a way, and it's quirky, it's funny, um, there's a lot of music involved in it, too, which I appreciate. Um I, I'm not going to spoil too much of it, but I wanted to get your guys' take on what you've seen so far. Uh, so I actually, I just finished watching the first episode today, and the word that came to mind was quirky. It yes. was interesting that uh, while watching it, I actually had a sense of, like, all of a sudden you're like almost thrown into, like, a Wes Anderson movie for a second. Like, it felt like... Uh, you're watching a Wes Anderson right. film, and then all of a sudden it g- jumps into, uh, you know, not so much Western Anderson right. anymore. And it was real. It, it was really fun the dynamic between all of the characters and stuff like that. And you're absolutely right about the music. The music was cool. It was fun. It kept you interested. Like, shoot. I mean, I don't want to throw spoilers, but there was a <laughs> dance scene, and the dance scene actually, I was great. sitting there dancing myself because I'm like, this is cool. Yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes. One of my favorite scenes from the whole series came in that first episode. That was great. That was a great moment. I'm definitely excited to see more. I'm definitely excited to see more. And I can't, once this is done, I'm definitely going to finish up that whole show. And again, this is back with Netflix. Netflix, I can just binge watch the whole thing and be done. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, well. yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it was a great, it's a great series. I mean, I've seen maybe the first couple of episodes, but uh, just each uh, character in that that show, it you could connect with each one of them somehow because uh, all of them go through a different route to get to where they're at uh, that present day, and it's just it's interesting to kind of see how they've all come together to create that team, I guess you could say, or that family, and uh, you know, yeah, it's it's just another reason why how Netflix is so powerful. I mean, for me, I could see myself watching all these shows and Umbrella Academy kind of fell under the radar for me, but I've always saw it on that list. But right. now I kind of felt like, why did I wait so long to watch this show? It's, it's like you said, quirky. I mean, comic books, I love them. Uh, so these superhero type characters is just another reason why I love Netflix and this show. You know, I can't wait to watch the rest of these episodes. And really, and it's interesting too. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Trevor. Yeah. Go ahead. The best part of the show is just that, We've seen superhero shows. I mean, Netflix has a ton themselves, Countless, but sure. this one focuses more on family dynamics and kind of interpersonal challenges, regardless of superhero. Like superheroes, backseat to the core themes and ideas of the film, and they just or the show, and they just keep diving into it each episode, just because we start with them at thirty years old, essentially, and then backstory shows them when they were kids and how this all introduced because they haven't seen each other for seventeen years when the whole show offsets and it's just how you know like you said wes anderson film i mean royal tenenbaums just people grow apart over time no matter how your relations you know family doesn't instantly make you have a connection and that's what the whole show focuses on right and where i was going was the you know it it, right now it just kind of seems like the whole superhero genre is almost being oversaturated in a way but this took a different step, a different view of it all to where it made it fun again. You know, I, I was excited to see more and I'm excited to, you know, get jump back in. Yeah. I want to say Netflix is a good place too, for those, uh, comic book creators that are not as big as, you know, Stanley. I mean, there's Stanley is in, has made all these movies with, you know, with Marvel and now you get a chance to see all these, uh, new, uh, creators come out and uh do their work which is kind of exciting because it's definitely you know different you know because it could be oversaturated so yeah it's a lot of fun i do recommend it if you guys get a chance to finish it it's not without its flaws um but it is a a fun watch yeah shout out to gerard way you know who is the lead of my chemical romance and he goes to create a comic book that now generates the show and that's part of the reason there's such a great soundtrack i mean I think we're alone now just is that dance dance scene. And I mean, that's just a great song. (laughs) And then you have uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople of, you know, when five has his first fight scene. And really the fight scenes are choreographed really well. They're not like daredevil season one quality, but it's really good kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. They're not like, you know, this big hardcore, you know, fight scenes are, they're just fun, you know? And just, yeah, it was, it was great. The idea is also kind of tie into Legion. You know, Legion is a superhero film that focuses more on the metaphysical or at least just the mind compared to the body in terms of super abilities and just the whole complexities within your own mind versus the traditional, oh, I got to fight this villain. Instead, you're fighting Correct. yourself. Yeah, I like those unique, yeah. unique superhero stories. And also kind of just Netflix ideas that are in play is that it's great they're doing this just because Marvel is taking their shows. We know that all of them are canceled. You know, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, <clears throat> Luke Cage, Punisher, mm-hmm. they're all gone. You know, Marvel's taking them away. And so Netflix 
having their own kind of ideas to find comic books that aren't Marvel branded but still create amazing shows is only good for them. Right. Absolutely, yeah. especially with DC as well. DC starting their own thing and take a, and creating a show like Titans. You know, and they're going to have their own thing, so they're obviously going to take any DC property and that's going to go over there. Right. So it's good that we're seeing new uh, and fun stuff coming out on mm-hmm. Netflix, like Umbrella Academy. Yeah, and there's, yeah. there's a and, ton. And, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Prog can attest to this. There's a lot of great comic books outside of the DC and Marvel universe. Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. it, uh, Netflix can capitalize on that by utilizing, you know, the comic books like Umbrella Academy. And then there's a ton that we could probably list off. But, you know, it, it's there's such untapped uh, markets in regards to comic books that can be utilized. And Oh, absolutely. Think, you can go with any Dark Horse Entertainment yes. uh, property and you're going to have a winner. Image Comics, all those guys. Yeah, Valiant. Yeah, that's great. It's yeah, like I'm excited for the future of Netflix. Tenny Khan, you know, you see all these aspiring comic book people, even that don't even have a big branding yet, and just the future potential of them. Yeah. Yep. It also... Absolutely. This is a future, not on this podcast, but a future conversation idea is how many streaming services can you actually have just with all these new additions? We don't need to answer it now, but just for our audience, keep it's that in challenge. mind. It's going to be a challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm sick, of, uh, I'm sick of asking my mom for new passwords <laughs> and uh, logins. <laughs> and so oh, that's our As Seen on TV section, and... You know, what's popping is our own kind of section that ties into it just because Funko and collectibles are going to be tied to all these pop culture new releases that are coming out. And like we said at the start, we kind of got together kind of around Funko, kind of around Fortnite. But for Funko in particular, they're making news this week because they're heading to Hollywood. So they have an HQ up in Everett, Washington, where the company's Mm -hmm. headquartered. Mm -hmm. And now they're expanding. This is their first store outside of their kind of hometown. And they're building it on Hollywood, right on Hollywood Boulevard. It's like three blocks down from the Grauman's Chinese Theater where the movie premiere Making Fun was last January. And for foot traffic, tourists, people who might not be familiar with Funko, this is one of the best places they could possibly put it. I agree. I mean, for me, I, I love making trips to California. For one, state's beautiful. Also, two. Y'all three guys are there, yep. you know, so it gives me an excuse to go visit more now. Uh, for me, it, it's 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 awesome. I mean, it just it's exciting for the point as a fan. For one, is that you can see that Funko is growing uh, beyond Everett, Washington. I mean, of course they sell all these Funko Pops on all different parts of the world, but to have a standalone store or another HQ, we don't know what it's going to be yet. Uh, be headquarters there in, in Los Angeles, which like. Trevor's mentioning a lot of foot traffic there you know as a tourist going over there ever so often that's one spot that I love to hit up all the time and so for them to pick that spot it's going to be amazing to see how it's going to end up being I mean how they say it's going to be probably bigger than HQ itself right now so it's going to it's a real exciting uh, yeah, thing to look forward to. I'm I'm super excited I don't live too far from uh, LA so it's actually pretty cool that I'm going to be able to you know, because not everybody can get up to Everett, Washington to go visit HQ. So it's going to be nice that it's at least, you know, a drivable distance for myself. And yeah, I think I've heard a lot of like naysayers saying that they would rather it be in somewhere like New York or somewhere like that. But I mean, let these guys get their roots somewhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want to go across country. That's tough. I mean, 
shoot, look at most franchises. Look at In and Out. They're they're all pretty yeah. much on the West Coast, you know. Yeah. So why why should this company be any different? I mean, of course, the people on the East Coast want to be able to go to a Funko store or HQ, you know. Eventually, I'm sure that will happen. But, yeah, they do need to, you know, get their roots in the ground here. And I think that's the best spot for them. I mean, they are pop culture, and that is the center of pop culture is Hollywood. So it only makes sense for it to be there. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Yeah, right outside where the storefront's going to be, there's actual stars from the Walk yeah. of Fame. I mean, I can't imagine a better connection. And, you know, if you're coming out here... You don't have, oh, I'm coming here just to go to Funko. Like, when you go up to Everett, Washington, you're going That's to it. Funko. If you come <laughs> no to, offense to Southern Everett. California... <laughs> I'm sure you know, you're beautiful up there. Yeah, you go to Disneyland, Universal Studios, just the Walk of Fame itself. There's right. a bunch to do. You can make a whole week trip out of it. Oh, and also I'm going to stop by this huge Funko place where, just to put in perspective, if you've ever been to the HQ in Everett, it's 17,000 square feet. This is going to be 40,000 square feet. And it's not yeah. like HQ is a tiny place. It's going to be interesting to see... How many different, like, you know, they have essentially lands up north where it's Star Wars and DC and Anime Land and Marvel. So you have those sections, but then do you change them up? Like, you know, up in uh, Everett, we have a hot version of Star Wars. Do we have an Endor version down here or something different, a Tatooine version? So that's a great, that's a great point. That's a great point. Yeah, we can have different lands down here. Huh. (laughs) I mean, it almost sounds like, I mean, the, the size alone sounds like it's going to be its own little theme park, so I can dig that. Roller coaster? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> ooh, ooh, like a Mall of America. Coaster? Like a Mall of America, yeah. Mall of America indoor wheel? roller coaster? Hmm. That'd be fun. An actual pop ride? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> there you go. Finally. Dibs on the DeLorean. <laughs> right, Brian, if you're listening, uh, trademark that. And so if you are, like, marking your calendars, wondering when to expect... Sometime around October, Halloween time, maybe there's a special dress-up event. Who knows? Oh, that'd be we'll fun. we'll be sure have I'll more there for sure. as we get closer. I'm thinking about driving the DeLorean up. Yeah. I like it. There you go. And so Funko also made news a few weeks back, but it was such big news because it covers their entire 2019. We wanted to cover it, and that's New York Toy Fair where they announced all their big kind of license acquisitions of what to expect this year. And... I don't even know where to start, so I'll let you guys go. It's It was huge. I mean, the announcements... That's what she said. There were so many announcements that not even the Funkcast themselves could remember everything. Um, and there were not just a lot of announcements. There were a lot of big announcements, like, in, like stuff people have been waiting for for a long time, and some that yeah. people weren't expecting. So I think off the top of my head, the big one of the big ones um, were the Pop Towns. This is a whole new thing for I was literally them. about to say the same thing. Yes, I was going to say thing. there is one thing that sticks out the most, and it is Pop Town. I am super pumped for that and i don't know if you guys saw but on amazon they screwed up on their pop towns and were selling yeah. the ghostbuster pop town for 15 bucks yeah we jumped, I jumped there's on no that. way I that thing's up. gonna be 15 bucks no i'm excited about that pop town uh of course the ones they showed uh scooby-doo who is it ghostbusters and spongebob mm-hmm. um, those jaws. are cool i mean i like those jaws. i like those sorry but i look forward to <laughs> yeah, see what jaws else awesome. they're what else they're gonna do uh, and it's just kind of, uh, I think that day I found out, I started writing down a list of like things I oh, wish they would come out with. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to post it on all these social spots that I know Brian will look at. And yep. Brian will look at it. Who knows? And you know what? He'll make one of them. Exactly. But, hey, you know, it's, 
Yeah, it, it was just an awesome announcement. Yeah, just, yeah, well, well, it was pretty cool, too. Like, when they were doing the announcements, God, the announcements started, what, at 4 o'clock in the morning, our time? And yeah. it just yeah. it just was nonstop all day long. It was just almost every hour we had a new announcement, and it was something even better than the last. Yeah, yeah definitely. They, it was total nonstop, and the Pop Towns stuck out just because, you know, we've seen Pops, we've seen Pez, we've seen five-star mystery mini all these lines but this was a whole new idea and just the idea that you could build a whole village to have spongebob's pineapple house across the street from the ghostbusters firehouse and then like josh said you know you start thinking of well-known ideas like the castle at disneyland cinderella's castle or you have the hogwarts itself with Harry, and then clock you have... Clock Tower, uh, Back to the yeah. Future, yeah, baby. Clock Tower, too. Back to the Future, man. <laughs> you, you got go. the up house with all the balloons up top. It's just, there's so many iconic houses where as soon as you see it, you instinctively think of the movie, it brings a smile to your face, and now you have it right on in your house, however you want to display it. Well, the great thing, too, is that, you know, Funko collectors, any collectors, really, I mean, they'd like to show off their stuff and make displays out of it. So why not include the, the villages, too, and have, you know, a whole entire Oh, and town. if you're listening, great. please take these out of the box. Do not leave them in the box. They're little houses. They're please. never going to be super valuable. Don't you don't have to worry <laughs> about keeping them in the box. Have fun with your pops. Sully, if you're listening, I, take them out of the box. I'm an out-of-the-box collector. I love looking... Uh, at mine out of the box. So, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, definitely. That's going to be tough for me. <laughs> that's going to be tough for me. I'm an inbox collector, and I don't know. That, that kind of has pushed me to that, that edge to where I'm leading what I might have to start taking some Maybe out. Maybe this, this is Brian's way of getting everybody to be an out of the box collector, I wonder. Yeah. Well, who well, knows depends. what the packaging is going to look <laughs> exactly. like for the towns? I mean, if there's no uh, view window and it's just a box, oh, you've got to take it out to look yeah. at it, yes. man. That's true. It's, it's going to all determine, be dependent on how the box is created for it. <sighs> yeah. Well, imagine if you had, for example, SpongeBob's house, and you want to have Darth Vader at the front door. I mean, how hilarious is that? <laughs> you got to take it out of the box. Oh, you got to do that. Exactly. That or Hellboy. True. Hellboy comes a knocking on the door, man, at the Ghostbusters firehouse. Yeah. That'd be rad. Exactly. I'm looking forward to those photo a day challenges, you know, to see how people are going to uh, utilize yeah, them. Definitely. I'm, I'm ready Instagram's for that. Instagram's going to be ready great to see for that. this. Oh, pop fans for sure are so creative with these photos too. It's it's really fun to look at what people, what kind of creativity people are coming up with. And of course, I mean, as a kid, I mean, I played with all those big, you know, towns too when I was a kid. Uh, so it'd be nice to have it with my figures. Just makes sense. I was too poor to have any of that. <laughs> oh, I, I never bought anything new. It was always from a garage sale, usually. Uh, and so, but yeah, it'd be kind of nice. Outside of the pop town, I mean, the biggest probably trending one on Twitter and Instagram was the Office, just because people have been waiting for yes. that and asking for that forever. Yes. And it's not a huge wave. They didn't have like the biggest um, set, but it was, it was big enough. It, it's it, it's a definitely a good starting point. It was the announcement itself that was big, not necessarily the wave. Right. So, yes. No, I agree. I agree. I think it was, for me, it was awesome. I'm a avid Office fan, and, you know, I was so happy that this happened. And, you know, even, too, with the chase that they announced with Jim as a book face, I loved it. Uh, for me, as as a fan, if I mean, if you're a fan, you know that that episode that it came out on was no longer on the reruns on TV because of what happened. So you wouldn't be able to know what it was about. So you had to see it either on on uh, the probably the DVD right. or on YouTube. Other than that, you won't see on Netflix or anything like yeah, that. So that cool. to me, that makes a perfect chase. Cool chase. Uh, just because that's nothing. That's something you have to actually look for. I'm just gonna write the word uh, face on mine. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, just I'm get just the regular gym and write fit or, <laughs> or book. Or, Sorry, book. Yeah, yeah my write bad. book on it. Yeah, that's all I had to do. I was kidding. I would, I'll, I'll, I'll buy both if I can. I was surprised yeah, with that, how many I liked because going in, I told you guys, you know, the night before, I'm like, I hope they don't announce anything that I want. And, right. and of course, <laughs> it's they so the bad how long my list became. <laughs> I know. Just looking at it right you now, know, it's like to... they're bringing The Simpsons back. You know, they released four Simpsons pops oh. in 2011. Then I don't know what happened with licensing. And yeah, now they got weird. it back in 2019. Time. And so this, great. this wave is going to be in, like, this is just the start. Think of how many Simpsons characters there are. Like you could list like a off 50, top ride. like oh, no yeah. big deal. Exactly. No, that's great. I know. I, well, now, now, uh, now it seems that the pop collectors have nothing else to complain about except for Nintendo. I know. Yeah. That's, that's going to be the next thing. Just Nintendo. I, I don't Nintendo even want happening. Nintendo, man. Nintendo I don't need Mario and yeah, then Mario with point, Cape and then Mario with Raccoon Tail. <laughs> And then it's just be all the different Marios, Marios from Super Mario yeah. Odyssey. You can li- make a hundred Marios. It would be the new Batman. It will be <laughs> exactly. Will be. <laughs> yeah, but then you you also get you'll get Link. You'll get no, I know. Uh, Doctor. Mo- well, okay, Doctor Mario. Mario. He's still in my heart. No, and then you get Castlevania. You get oh, dude, let's, there's uh, so much. Let's move on uh, to what else Metroid. was there. <laughs> yeah. Imagine oh, no. a Metroid pop, dude. That'd be so rad. Yeah, I would love it. And, you know, I think this is kind of a shout-out to Christina when she made those custom pops for fun days, right? those Nintendo ones, it kind of give you a glimpse of what possibly can what happen. Could be. And I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know I mean, if I'm Just like either. Trevor said, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah, I don't know if my wallet is ready for this one, man. Your bank account's like, not ready for it. Because they, they did new stuff. Like, there's new Rick and Morty, and then they do old stuff. Like, you have Caddyshack, the gopher from Caddyshack. You have Sanford and Sons. You have Xenon the Warrior Gump. Princess. But then Jaws, Jaws might have been my favorite, just because oh, Jaws there's that reveal. action figure, but you want that pop version. Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. And to have the shark? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that shark is rad. <laughs> Gotta have the shark, man. And then think and, of uh, all the pops you can put in the shark's mouth being eaten by Jaws. <laughs> little little <laughs> pint-sized heroes in their mouth. Lego figures, that'd be fun. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And then add icons. I've been waiting for Jolly Green Giant and Kool-Aid Man. My only yeah, hesitation on for sure. Jolly Green Giant is that he isn't 10-inch, but hopefully that comes eventually because Jolly it Green will. Giant yeah. shouldn't be the same height as Pillsbury Doughboy. That's just... Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of strange. What That's about true. the Otter Pops? Otter, otter Pops. I love what? the Otter Pops. That is so awesome that they actually announced Otter Pops. Who has thought about Otter, po- otter Pops? It's been a while. How many... You- yeah, it's exactly. It's been a while. It's yeah, been it's so minute. offbeat. It's so, like... You know, like there's it, the popular though. icons like Kool-Aid Man. Otter Pops are way low on the list of ad icons that are recognizable. Right. But it's kind of, so it's fun that they include right. that as well, you know? Yeah, and yeah. when you look at them, you get that sense of your childhood almost immediately comes crashing right back to you. Right. And then yes, the stained lips and all. Shout out to Jim Henson. They had a, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that I one, mean, too. I mean, there's a version with him with Kermit, and then there's a Target version with Ernie, but... Jim Henson, I mean, think of all the stuff that you know from that he's created. Right. Just to and he, have and he was involved in, too. Right. Not just that he created. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, I like the addition of Kermit and, uh, and Ernie. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool to be able to have that. It kind of gives you, like, is it considered a pop and buddy? Yeah, or sure. How would, yeah. how would you consider it? I mean, it's his creation. It's kind of fun to have that with him, you know? And then yeah, shout like out that. to music, too. I mean, I'm not a big NSYNC or Backstreet Boys guy or BTS, but if you like boy bands, they got you covered there. And then 
if you you don't yeah. like boy bands, you like you know classic rock. You have Kiss, and then not really classic rock, but Johnny Cash, and then super sure. modern Post Malone. They pretty much yeah, covered mad music however you want. Especially with Post Malone being online pass. recently too, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> but yeah, hard pass for me. Hard pass. But hey, he's a pop for everybody. You know, it's something for everyone, which is kind of cool. So. Yeah, with the whole Backstreet Boys and NSYNC thing, it's actually kind of funny. I I, pro- I probably won't own any of those pops, but it sure. it He's makes me laugh the fact that when I was <laughs> when I was a kid, man, my sister used to play that music all the time, and I hated it. Oh, it was the worst. And now, as an adult, I can't get enough of it. I'll put on a Backstreet Boys song any time of day. Backstreet's back, baby. <laughs> I didn't even know any Backstreet Boys. Boy's song until that episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine where he sings "I Want It That Way" with the five perps. <laughs> How do you not know those songs? Like, and uh, then you go, wait a second, I know all the words. To yeah, the it's, it's like you heard it like when you're in the store or something, but you don't ever really like. But it's sure, in your mind it. somehow. Right, it's part like of the zeitgeist, thing, yeah. of course. And then course, shout yeah, out yeah, to Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, just as an aside. I mean, Alex Trebek, Pat Sajak, Vanna White, those are like classic Americans. Or right. Canadians, even. But, uh, Canadian. <laughs> think of all the game shows there are. I mean, wouldn't you want a Bob Barker pop oh, that'd be or draw yeah, yeah, host in? With the wheel. With yeah. the wheel. With the wheel. Is that uh, Pop Town? Does that one, count? The, oh, oh, that's a Pop Town. Yeah, I would call it a Pop Town. Well, they have to make each one Plinko and all those oh. other ones. Oh, Plinko. You know, Ice Climber. Yeah, they have right. to do all that, you know, just just to that would be you know, make it just that, that good. Yeah. I just want to bring it right back to Jeopardy real quick. The fact that Alex Trebek... Uh, we've got one with mustache and one right? without mustache, yeah. which I mean, when he, when that guy shaved off his mustache, I was like, Oh, this guy's done. He's done. He's no more. Yep, no, yeah, still with uh, it. I thought that was pretty funny. I kind of yeah, wanted him with the Afro when he used to be like before Jeopardy, he was on like Tattletales or something back in like the seventies. He Old had the school. Afro. Oh, Old school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, deep cut. Deep cut. And so deep cut. that's a bunch of pop news and there's a bunch of pops. You can look up New York Toy Fair Funko and you'll be looking at that for a, quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost dizzying looking at all of the releases from Funko. And then I'll forget one. I'll be like, oh my God, that's right. You know, they made aliens. This is going to be great. Yeah. You know, and so on and so forth. So, yeah. Did you guys see anything outside of Funko worth mentioning? Yes. Um, myself, I was looking at the Diamond Select announcements. And I mean, just like there's statues of like Bruce Lee swinging. It, it's kind of cool. His nunchucks around and they actually put like a swoosh behind the nunchucks. Yeah, I saw and that. It, that was cute. I don't know. It's just pretty badass, man. Yeah, that's some fun stuff. I'm a, I'm a Batwoman fan. So seeing the Batwoman sculpture was pretty fun. Uh, the Godzilla, you know, Vinnie Mates were pretty cool. And really, mm-hmm. it's interesting because, you know, pop goes for that minimalist style. Like, they're adding more details with each year. Sure. But if you want that, like, full-scale replica stuff, this John Wick they have is just, like, this perfect, like, design of Coming him. out that door. <laughs> yeah, Diamond Select is a great job. You could almost make... Yeah, you could almost turn that uh, John Wick one into a Matrix one if you really wanted to. I mean, <laughs> it looks just like Keanu Reeves. It is... Yeah, right? It does. Wow, and I just looked it up, and it's only fifty bucks to buy that. That's actually not that bad for how detailed this uh, figure yeah. is. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, some fun stuff. And then there's that Ecto One from Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, where Hasbro, Sony, and uh, IDW team came together, and they're making a 
uh, the Ecto-1, where he actually transforms into a Transformer. That's like bringing That's 80s cool. back full front, man. That's fantastic. Yeah. Nostalgia bomb right there. <laughs> Absolutely. You're hitting all points of uh, my childhood right there. Right? Maybe it transforms us into or into children. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you got to grow up to have to transform. Yeah, we're only kind of grown up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Still getting there. Right. And so that's our collectible section. And then normally we would have a video game section, but we're going to set aside episode three. It's coming future, if you're listening to this one, all about Fortnite Season 8. It just launched. Just keep We've listening. been streaming it. We've been playing it a bunch. Yeah. And we're going to go all in a whole episode about all the new challenges, new skins, new battle pass, new map, and just everything. And actually, just to whip back into that, um, oh, if you guys want to catch us on some of our live streams, that's at 7.30 on Thursdays. Exactly. Excellent. Pacific. Uh, Pacific. Yeah. Yep. Pacific. Pacific time, yes, Pacific time. Specific and then we have time. a couple fun sections just to round out the week, not super in-depth, but this day in pop culture history, which is March 4th, 1974, the first People magazine launched as part of People Weekly. And People magazine is now the biggest magazine in the U.S. with 46.6 million readers. And 1974 to 2019... People Magazine has been such a... I mean, everyone knows Sexiest Man Alive when it comes out. If you get an interview, you know, you have a new baby, you want post pictures, you're going to go to People Magazine. And just having it start, it's a monumental thing. Yeah, it's the start of everything. It's start of, like, you know, the whole paparazzi trend and everything in Hollywood. And getting to see our stars as normal people and all that, too. Um, it might even be the only magazine left on the shelf right now. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, you definitely know what, what it is, and it definitely shaped the industry to be what it is today. You think of all the... I mean, you could say that TMZ and just Twitter and all that idea is tied off of People Magazine, because previously there was, like, exactly. Life Magazine, and they had two pages dedicated to, like, celebrities. <laughs> and now they have right. a whole magazine dedicated <laughs> to it and just build upon it to all those different ideas. Yeah. So, so they're pretty much the creator of uh, the obsession of wanting to know what celebrities are up exactly. to. And they're just like us. They take a Are dump, they? just like we do. <laughs> they're not lizard people. Right? <laughs> just a gold run that they dump. Yeah, yeah. that's all the difference. That's the only difference. Yep. And then, so that was day of kind of thing, but then future days. So March 5th, hopefully you're listening to this on the 4th, so you can actually celebrate on March 5th. It's Learn What Your Name Means Day. So you can go Ooh. look the origin of your last name plus your first name because your last name you don't really get to pick, but your first name your parents chose, and they probably didn't choose it for the meaning and reasons <laughs> that you could probably find online. But then True. your last name goes and ties into your whole family history, and I know people are enthused with like 23andMe and all those kinds of service these days. Right, right. No, it's fun to see what your, why your parents chose that name for you and... You know, did you really grow into that name as a person? Yeah, so you're either, you're either going to like what you read or you're going to start going back to your parents hey, and saying, why you name me this? And then making your way to go get a change, you know? You're gonna have... I, I actually got a pretty fun story about uh, my name. Um, you guys might get a kick out of this, but my parents named me Alex. I'm, I'm, my name is Alexander, but uh, they named me after Alex P. Keaton from hmm. Family Ties. Wow. Alex P. Keaton from Family Ties was played... By Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Michael J. Course. Fox. Michael J. Fox also was Back to the Future. Back to the of Future. Pardon McFly. And I am 
absolutely, I'm an adult and I am obsessed with Back to the Future. I own a DeLorean. I love the movies and I just find it funny that it all just kind of wraps around and here I am named after Alex P. Keaton and I'm obsessed with Michael J. Fox and the movies he's in. Right. And you have a DeLorean. Look at that. And I have a DeLorean. It was all meant to be. It was all meant to be. Well, I'm just glad my parents didn't name me Gottlieb because they were going to name me Gottlieb, which is a Irish Celtic name for Ooh, God's love. Yeah. Fun. Nope, they chose Daniel, so... We'll start calling you that. That's my middle name, actually. <laughs> Is it really Gottlieb? Wow. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Well, I, I lucked uh, out that it wasn't my first name, so. No, Daniel's yeah. my middle name. Oh, Daniel. Yes. I'm like, yeah. wait, Gottlieb doesn't make sense. You're no. Mac TDS. That's right. <laughs> Fun and times. so, again, March 5th, be sure to look up your name, Origin, our awesome listeners. And I think that's everything for our inaugural episode one. Thanks, guys, for joining. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, yeah this yeah. is. Uh, you know, I hope fun. you guys come back for more. Don't forget on Thursdays at seven thirty, we do our live stream on Mixer. So tune in to Secondary Heroes on Mixer, and be sure yeah. to keep tuned yeah, for socials. all our episodes of the podcast. So we're hopefully going to start churning them out. We got our next episodes all going to be about upcoming stuff. You know, Captain Marvel, Game of Thrones season eight, all that big talking stuff, and then like I said, Fortnite season eight episode three. So. We're getting going. Hopefully you enjoyed Secondary Heroes. See you guys. This is Prague Thank you for listening. Thank you. The kid films standing in the hail for a reason you surely can't guess. That is your clickbait of the week. Mm-hmm.